Welcome to Wednesday afternoon's show. Let's uh, say hello to uh, kick off today to Ashling Ozdemir. Hello, Ashling. Hi, how are you? I'm good, but I'd say you're not feeling too good today. Tell us about this lovely black cat of yours called Wiggle. How long have you got? Is it a him or a her? It was a him, yeah, um, about a year and a half. Oh, you start to get me all emotional by starting off talking about the cat. Mm. Um, yeah, we, we we fostered him from the North County Cat Rescue a year and a half ago. Um, and, um, yeah, three young boys, so uh, they were all obsessed and besotted with him, and he was really had become a part of the family. Mm, so lovely cat, and they do. They just uh, uh, suck you in, and you love them, and they're part of everything you do. Now, tell us how it worked with him. Was he a house cat, or did you let him out, or how did that work? Uh, yeah, well, initially, you know, for the first couple of months until, you know, we'd been fully vaccinated and everything, he was a house cat. Mm. And then he was scratching at the back door to go out a lot, and I was nervous to let him out, but my husband's had cats before, so we said, no, that's in their nature. So we'd let him out and um, we'd have a little run around and then he'd be back in. Okay. So, so nor- normally I'd like kind of shake a bag of treats at the door and that would bring him back in. <laughs> I-, I love that as well. I do it with my dog. You know what I mean? You shake the treats and they're all eagots. He comes flying every time. Absolutely. And it's the same with the cat. You know, they know food. Here they come. So out and about, did whatever and came back in and no issue. Now, Monday, this Monday evening, tell us what happened. Yeah, so Monday evening, um, he had gone out a little bit later than he would. It was probably about 7pm. I was just back in from the gym. I was making dinner and I was putting some things in the bin and Cherie scuttled out between my legs as I was coming in. Um, and I had a moment where I thought, oh, sure, look, I'll get the treats and bring him back in. And then, you know yourself, I was busy and then he disappeared. Mm. Um, and so I thought no more of it because he would normally come back scratching at the door. So um, I'd gone up, I was having a shower and then I heard one of the boys screaming. So he said there's a dog in the garden. He had been in his bedroom doing his homework and he could hear this dog, like a, a, an odd noise that concerned him. He said there's a dog making a really weird noise in the garden. So I said, you call your dad to go and check it out. Um, and then next of all, I could hear them screaming. So, of course, hopped out of the shower, threw something on and ran down and two of them were screaming and screaming and they said that they had seen a dog um, with something black in its mouth run off uh, from our driveway and they said it was Wiggle. Now, at this point, I thought, there's not not a chance it could have been. He had something else. Can we go to the back door and we'll get Wiggle in? And I was looking and then just something I said to him, just please go out and just check um, that dog, I don't know what's been going on. So he ran out in his pyjamas and um, ran around. And in, within about two minutes, I could see him come back with the cat in his arms. And I thought, oh, thank God he found the cat. And then he just looked at me and I knew and he said, get the kids inside. And I knew at that point, um, you know, uh, um, I did go in. He had the cat in the kitchen. And I mean, maybe this is something he looked back and, and laughed, but obviously not now we aren't. But he tried CPR, you know, when he was trying, but no, the, the, he was gone. Um, and then I had to go in and break the news. The two youngest are um, 10 and 11. And they just, I'd never heard them scream, like primal screams until they were hoarse. Mm. Um, and then I had to call the 15 year old in and tell him as well. So it was not a, it was not a fun night. No, not at all. So the dog uh, really picked up the cat, savaged the cat to the point that yeah. the cat died. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I just hope maybe it was quick. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. And and um, 
we we didn't recognise the dog. The boys hadn't seen it as one of kind of you know the way you'd know the dogs on your road. Yeah. Um. You know. Um. I I did um put it up on a Facebook. You know, in, in the the general area, the Ashburn uh, Facebook page to see could anybody. You know, all I knew was like it was kind of a, a yellowy coloured with with some spotting on it, um, short hair, but a, but a big dog. Mm. Um. And did anybody know of anything? But I haven't had anything back yet so far. So you know, I, my worry is um that nobody else can have to go through this um, and that maybe you know who knows it, it could attra- attack a child I don't know yes and and you know the dog itself did the, the you know the dog was obviously in your garden grabbed the cat savaged it mm. ran away yeah. dropped the cat and your husband found the cat then lifeless yeah. but there was no sign of the dog was there at that stage or anybody else no, uh, well, as my as my husband had run out of the house to find um, the cat, he had seen. He said he had he had ran after he'd seen the dog. Right. But from a distance, it was really dark at this point. Mm. Um, and he said there was a boy with him. Now we don't. This is because he was panicking and all he wanted to do was find the cat to make sure he was okay. Yeah. You know. So, um, how reliable the evidence is at that point, I don't know. Yes. Um, if that teenage boy was indeed with him, I don't know. Yeah, the, a lot of confusion. Just try and find the cat and uh, that was hard yeah, to, to reconcile then. everything. But a large dog, a pale colour, you think, perhaps, perhaps spotted, uh, a spotted dog. The markings, some yes. small markings on it, kind of yellowish in yeah. colour, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, um, any feedback on the social media posts yet? No, anybody suggesting um, anything or no? No, obviously a lot of shock and sympathy, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, but... Um, no, you know, some neighbours were trying to figure out who it is. Now, someone has put me in one direction that I may investigate, but obviously it's very sensitive it, if it's yes. not someone's dog, yes. and I don't have a ton of proof. And, you know, legally, I don't know, um, you know, I was on to the, um, the place, that the, the adoption place today, and they said I should call the police um, just to register that this has happened. Mm. You know, you don't know, you don't want to be wasting their time. Yes. Uh, either so I might just do that as well no that's no harm I I say to you that's no harm either because I'm just sitting here thinking if that was a a small child in the garden or a baby you know what I mean you know you know you've got to be very careful here one thing can lead to another and I think Mm -hmm. you should make an official report about this and uh, make the the authorities the guardy especially aware because God almighty can you imagine like it's awful enough your poor wiggle the cat but Mm -hmm. if it was a child uh, you know my God that'd be just a shocking scenario altogether but here's the thing uh, about you uh, Ashling is you many moons ago when you were a youngster yourself in your early teens had an encounter with a dog oh god I did yeah I oh, god I was worried about what you were going to say there yeah <laughs> I did um, when I was uh, just about to start secondary school actually um, I was out the front of my house and there was uh, some friends um, and a friend had a cousin up and she had her dog with her it was kind of like a white husky because it's always a white dog for some reason but anyway I was just petting him and he just his, his uh, muzzle you know, kind of drew back and he started to snarl and uh, he just snapped and uh, attacked me in, in the face, uh, took chunks out of my face um, and, um, yeah, it was absolutely terrifying and uh, I had to go to hospital. Now, I didn't, it, they just froze it in the end. I didn't need stitches because um, my dad had kind of, well, he said he held the wound together on the way and it knit really mm. well, mm. Um, but gave me a terrible phobia, a terrible fear of dogs. Uh, for years, I mean, I just crossed the road if I saw the smallest dog. Um, I, I, you know, I'm kind of over that now, but mm. God, I don't want to offend any dog lovers out there um, because my sister has 
has had multiple dogs. She loves them, yes. and I've no, I've no problem with them. Um, but I do obviously have trust issues. Mm. Um, and you know, I just think it is really irresponsible if you own a dog not to have it on a lead. Mm. Um, particularly, you know, a big dog like that. Um, because if something like that happens, how could you forgive yourself if it was a child, you know? Yes, yes. And I don't know if there's truth. I keep meaning to look it up and, and maybe people can prove me wrong if there is truth in the fact that if a dog tastes blood, you know, we all say that, that then they, you know, does that change who they are fundamentally I don't know mm, mm. well that's a that's a, a study and an analysis for another day for people who yeah. are who are d- deeper into into that uh, particular area but I can understand how you have a fear from what happened you when you were 12 years of age and by the way that dog uh, was put down that actually mm-hmm. uh, attacked you oh, and, and, and yeah. you know what I didn't want it to be you know, I know, I, know. 12, I felt mm. terrible but the, mm. the family who owned it didn't want him around after that so yeah yes that's um, that's uh, the way um, your boss Boys, what about your boys? They were traumatised, the two young ones especially. Yeah, yeah, oh God, no, they didn't go into school after obviously I sent an email to the school and they just have, a, they're, they're kind of going through an existential crisis at the moment that they can't, they, they, they see, you know, that, you know, death can come and swiftly and you're not expecting it and, and so they're, they, you know, how I even got out to work, I don't know, because they they just wanted to be, they had to stay in the bed with me. They were clung to me. They were afraid. that, And they kept saying when I was going to the car, like, mom, please don't let that happen to you. You know, they're, they're, they really are genuinely traumatised. It's not something they'll ever forget. No, not at all. And at a young age as well, it's a real hard life lesson. So Wiggle is gone. Um, will, you, will you wait a little? Would you like to have another cat in your lives? Um, yeah, you know, he's irreplaceable, obviously, but, um, you know, we still have a lot of love to give. So I, that's why I did reach out to the cat people this morning to say what was their advice for kids. Do you wait? Do you, you know, immediately, you know, a man did contact me actually through that Facebook post as well last night to say that he had uh, two female black cats who look exactly like Wiggle, actually, oddly enough, um, and did if I wanted to take them, that they were there. So... I'm thinking on it. Half me wants to drive there immediately and grab them and the other half kind of says, wait. So I I don't fully... I'll probably know by the end of today what I'm going to do about that. I don't know. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, look at... uh, Sometimes, uh, you know, I know the loss of a family pet is a huge trauma for everyone concerned and in these circumstances, even more so. But sometimes a replacement can help, you know what I mean, Uh, in, you know, in the short term to to do that quickly. But look, every family and everybody's situation is different. Different. But I would uh, finish today by saying to you, do report the incident because, yeah. you know, that animal, uh, you know, has killed and it is a cat, but uh, it's a situation that should be reported. I say that to you to finish up today. Look, I'm sorry to hear your story. Thank you for telling it to us today on the show. And uh, I wish you all better times ahead, hopefully with a new furry friend in your lives. Thank you very much. Thanks a million. Not at all. Thank you for joining me, Ashling, today. That's Ashling Osdemir. She's from Ashbourne in County Mead. And you heard the story about the dog and the cat. What do you think? Should she get, should she go and, and, and replace the cat immediately? Anyone out there with any thoughts on that? Or is it necessary perhaps to wait a wee while? Have you have any opinion on what happened? Uh, the savaging of the cat by the dog? I'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. Now, before we go to the break, let me remind you, we have a great prize on Late Lunch to give away this week. Yes, we have a composite 
front door, brand new, worth €2,000. Coming to us, compliments of Senator Windows, who this Saturday opened the new showrooms at Beachmount Business Park in Navan. And we'll be there with the LMFM outside broadcast team. And we have runners-up prizes of Karcher window cleaners to give away as well. So if you're picked as a winner, Monday to Friday on late lunch, you're guaranteed that Karcher window cleaner anyway. And one of you, one of the five who uh, qualified through, will win that front door. We'll draw it here on late lunch on Friday, put all the names into the hat. And don't forget tomorrow, Thursday, on the LMFM Facebook page, there's a shark style, sorry, there's a ninja Friar Max up for grabs tomorrow, Thursday. Check it out on LMFM's Facebook page. Thanks to Senator Windows too. So how do you win the front door? How do you get into the hat for the draw? Send me your knock-knock jokes, please. Yes, send them in to me now. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. We'll read them through the show this afternoon and we'll pick somebody to go in the hat for the new front door. Jerry Ashling should absolutely report that incident to the Gardaí because next time, as you mentioned there, it could be a child or a baby that that dog savages. Somebody says, put poison down. You can't do that. You just can't. I, I, know, I know what your thoughts are but that just can't happen uh, somebody else saying there uh, go straight away for a new cat that's my advice that comes in today from Tom seriously Gerard says Breda in Navin today stop saying the cat is a replacement it's new to the family well flesh of one flesh of the other say it one way say it this way new cat you know the cat's gone what do you do replacement anyway it's a turn of phrase thank you Breda nice to hear from you this afternoon now I've uh, known for some time that life for a shopkeeper news agent somebody we all depend on and go to during our daily lives and most days uh, across the country are finding the going tough. Now, from many perspectives, but especially from the angle, I know, of shoplifting, uh, abuse, criminality and the harassment they're feeling. And Vincent Jennings, who's chief executive of the Convenience Stores and News Agents Association, has been out the last few days talking about this and he's with me. Hello, Vincent. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thanks for joining me on the show. How bad is it, Vincent? It's probably at its very worst. Um... And I think that COVID must have had something to do with it, but a lot of breakdowns have, have occurred in normal social niceties. And um, we're seeing it in our stores. We're seeing, you know, huge increases in racial abuse, in, in vile, misogynistic abuse, in abuses levelled at people who are just trying to do a day's work. And uh, it's just not right. It's not right and it needs to be stopped. And the only way of stopping it, Jerry, to be perfectly honest with you, is for the state to adopt a zero tolerance policy. And and when I say that, I'm talking about people who are in... We we were lauded for being in essential industries. We were lauded for the work that we were doing throughout COVID uh, in providing necessary products to, to people. And we're looking for people to be seen as being essential workers when they are being abused and giving them the same protections as you will for Gardaí, for fire persons, for those in frontline health service. Give them the same protection because God knows they deserve it. You cite Northern Ireland as an example where they do things differently. Tell us what happens up there and the difference between there and here. 
Sure. And look, I mean, this is a, I mean, it does require a radical overhaul of a number of things. But one of the areas is that we've been pussyfooting around with GDPR and with sensitivities to the rights of, 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 of criminals versus the responsibilities that the society should have for the ordinary God-fearing tax-playing uh, citizen. And, 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 and one of those things is that we can't circulate photographs of, of, of people who have been convicted. Mm. And that, that's not the state, that's not the way that it's done in the North. There is a very, done through the PSNI, done through local chambers of commerce, there is a very clear uh, process in place where people who have been convicted, and it is not people who are on suspicion, it's people who have been convicted of offences. Their names, their addresses, their images, uh, and up-to-date uh, imagery of them is, is, is provided to shops for people and to security firms to the, for them to be on the, on, the, on the lookout for these people because uh, they have shown themselves to have a propensity for thieving and for abuse and for generally bad behaviour. Mm. Um, and why would we not do that here? We've been speaking with the Department of Justice. We've spoke with the Gardaí. Department of Justice, in fairness to them, are well disposed towards it. Uh, you know, we've taken soundings from the PSNI and from the Northern Ireland Office, uh, but the Gardaí, for some reason or other, have found themselves uh, that they don't want to do it. We also find that they are very, very slow, even though the law provides for antisocial uh, behaviour orders as both, and they are used uh, extensively in, in, in other jurisdictions, but we don't do that here. Uh, so you have feral youths going around the place inside in town, town centres, shopping centres, neighbourhood areas, and they are out of control and nobody can bar them. Uh, and it's for the Gardaí to do this. So it really takes joint up thinking, Jerry. And we really are at the at the absolute pit of of of, of our of our of our perseverance in this matter. We need change and we need it very clearly and zero tolerance is the only way forward Jerry. the only way forward uh, I hear it in your uh, voice and, and, and I understand and you're being fed this into you from all around the country I was actually in Dublin recently uh, near Connolly Station and I think it was the centre of one of those shops there and I couldn't actually believe the behaviour of uh, some young people. I just went in to get yeah. something and it, it was horrendous. I wouldn't yeah. like to be facing it, I have to say, uh, No, and, and look, I mean, God knows they do a hard... We, we, we're hard enough taskmasters as bosses uh, expecting our workers to do this, that and the other. But we never expected them, nor did we want them to en- to, to to engage or to be to be subjected to this type of behaviour. But that's what's... And it shouldn't be part of their brief. No, and, uh, you know, you also talk about that uh, young staff, people from different backgrounds in particular, are finding the going very, very tough. Uh, look, I mean, your heart would go out to people who are coming into this country to, 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 to do their best. They're learning English as a foreign... Uh, they're, they're learning English. They're, they're, they're at, at college and the like. They're doing their maximum 20 hours that they can do. And then they're subjected to all, the most vile of, of, of behaviours. It's just not right. It's, it's, it is shameful. Uh, do you feel that, you know, what you're doing here today and you have been doing across many media outlets in the last 24 hours or so, will it make a difference? Is it, is it I going hope to, so. I mean, I, I got a commitment. Uh, I was at a meeting um, from, with Minister Neil Richmond, who is 
he's got a particular responsibility for retail and for employment affairs. And I got a commitment from him that he was today meeting with uh, Acting Minister Simon Harris, Minister of Justice, uh, and it was at the very top of his list. He promised me uh, that it was at the top of his list that changes need to be brought about. We will most certainly be re-engaging with the Department of Justice and with Angarda Chiacona because they are key to the matter. They and the judiciary are key to the matter. But the public are also key to this as well. Mm. We, we need respect, tolerance and, and understanding that people who are on the front line serving us and meeting our needs need to be protected, need to be looked after. And, and I, deserve to be. Yes, so absolutely. Absolutely. Be. There are families, there are brothers, sisters, mother, fathers, they're all our relations and they're in there doing their very, very best. Yes. I'm with you all the way on this one and I hope that uh, at last uh, that this is taken seriously and acted upon. Thank you for joining me, Vincent, Thank on the show so today. Thank you so much, Jerry. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Vincent Jennings there, uh, Chief Executive of the Convenience Stores and News Agents Association. It is just not right. It must stop. It really must. Louise, are you ready for the first knock-knock of the day in hot off the press. Well, I'll tell you, it's not hot off the press because I got a little letter today. And imagine that, someone going to that trouble. I, I, indeed, Oliver McKenna. Hello, Oliver. Oliver tells me, I hope he, he won't mind me saying this, will he? He's, he's, he's a youthful age in a few weeks' time. No, I won't say it. He's a, he's a young man at heart. He wrote to me, he says, I'm not into me technology or anything like this. I'm loving the knock-knock jokes. Can I write one and send it to you? Of course you can, Oliver. And let me do it now. Are you ready, Louise? Yep. Knock, knock. Who's there? Letters. Letters who? Letters in the post box. (laughs) (laughs) Oliver, I love it. I love it. I really love it. And thank you so much for taking the time to write it out and sending it into me the post. They're flying in, Louise, aren't they? Again today, by WhatsApp, by text. Have your knock, knock joke. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Send them to me now. We're going to be reading them through the afternoon picking one and you could be the winner of a big first prize this week a 2000 euro composite door voucher from Senator Windows who are opening their brand new showrooms this very weekend in Beachmount Navin don't miss that and we have of course uh, runner up prizes for those who don't win the door of Karcher Window Cleaner so everybody's a winner if you're selected we have two names in the hat already three more to qualify Keep them coming to us on Late Lunch. If you're a regular with us on Late Lunch, you might recall I told you the story of me booking flights to Glasgow, thinking I was booking them through the Ryanair portal, but actually only discovering that it was a crowd called eDreams Prime that I actually booked the flights through. And then, lo and behold, some weeks later, I get a message to say, congratulations, uh, your access to Prime 30-day free trial has just started. And then my bank blocks my credit card as somebody tries to take a subscription of 60-odd euro from my account. And the bank were able to tell me that it was these people, eDreams Prime. Uh, I said I agreed to no subscription with them. So they left the card block for a few days. They tried once or twice more to take the money uh, and didn't. And during that period, I cancelled my subscription. I went in uh, voice-wise and online and cancelled it. Then I needed to open up the card because I have other things that are associated with it that I needed to pay automatically. And there's no problem with those. And lo and behold, only open it up, bang, in they came, took the money for the annual subscription. 
I want to tease this out a little more today with our IT guru, Mr. Declan Bailey from Business Tech Help. Hi, Declan. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Declan, you're familiar enough with the story. I've, I've wooled your ear, especially in the last uh, 24 hours and maybe a little earlier uh, about this one. Declan, I signed up for nothing. Well, let me go back. Look, I have, I have the documentation here in front of me. It was the 27th of January and uh, I'm going to the Celtic Rangers game and the game, you know the way they fix these games yeah. and then there's a burst to get the flights, you know what I mean, flight, to Glasgow, yeah. you know. And I went in and honestly, Declan, it was a Friday evening I honestly thought, Declan, I was on the Ryanair portal. Mm. Was I stupid? No, no, just the fact that it's like anything, unless you really look at something, and when you're used to going into something, you tend not to look around. I have that portal up now with eDreams. It has the Ryanair logo. The actual date checker looks the same. So quickly looking at something, you would tend to just you know put in your dates and belt away. Mm. So it is a thing that... It's very easy to get caught out, but you've got to just slow down yeah. and look at what you're doing. And, that's and when you search for Ryanair, yeah. like I searched for Ryanair here now this morning, Ryanair does come up, but this eDreams comes up in second place as well. So again, if you weren't concentrating on what you're doing, you would click something, it opens up. Yeah, that looks like I'm in the right site. And no. And I wasn't. And yet I went through the whole process and I thought it was Ryanair. All the questions, buy this, take that, do you want the mm. other? And I went, no, 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 no. But Declan, mm. this is the most annoying part of this. I, in my opinion, signed up for nothing, Declan. Can you understand mm. what I'm saying to you? I Yes. So totally. how, how am I in a 30-day free trial that I didn't want? How am I now the subject of these people taking 60-odd euro? So without me going ahead and trying to book a flight on their portal to see what actually happens, I would imagine, again, did you do it on a desktop? On a desktop, yes. Yeah, so on a desktop, you've got a bigger, obviously, real estate to look at as opposed to a small phone screen. Mm. So on a desktop, they can pack in more information. So I would imagine at whatever stage you were at, that there was a pre-ticked box, not one that you tick, one that you have to untick. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So that yes. was ticked already, and you just went forward. You didn't think, which are, I haven't ticked anything, but this was ticked for you to untick it. And then you just ploughed away, and there you go. You subscribed. And Declan, that's a very important point to make to anybody. You know, you would just gloss over that. That wouldn't even, mm. you know, you're normally asked, but here's the thing now today you're telling me, and maybe for our listeners today, this is another aspect of this. Sometimes you're asked to tick, but you must be aware there are things automatically ticked that you need to untick. Yes, that's the whole thing. And I think this happened a few years ago with different travel sites, that there was things ticked, like insurance. Yeah. So essentially they said at the bottom of it, oh, we've got travel insurance, blah, 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 and we'll charge you, you know, this much for travel insurance. And you were kind of looking at it and saying, well, no, I either have my own travel insurance or I'm not going to buy travel insurance. But the box was ticked. So when you went on to the next page, if you really weren't looking at your total, you know, the way they have a running total of the seats added and blah, 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 yeah. you would say, okay, right, so I didn't do anything there. How is the flight gone up 100 euros, let's say, for argument's sake? But when you go back, that box needs to be unticked. Now, here's my fear, River. I just put my cards on the table. I did get onto the bank, and the bank were very helpful, Bank of Ireland, in 
telling me they're obviously familiar with these people of how mm. to go via the voice route, which is automated mm. voice to cancel, then how to go the next day through the online route to cancel, which I've done both. But yet I'm still receiving, as I, you saw today, I sent them mm. to you. I'm mm. still getting communications from eDreams. Mm. Is that because I'm in for a year? Is that it? Yes, exactly. Because even though you, the bank said, you know, we'll stop the payment coming in, but that payment was sitting there waiting so the bank blocked it, blocked it again, but then the bank took the, the block off. At the end of the day, the bank, the bank is not your business partner. They're not there for your convenience. This is up to you. So they did it a couple of times. Then they just, just took it off, make sure there's no barrier on your account. But that charge was just sitting there waiting. Once that was lifted, that went in, took the money, and then you're signed up for a year. So therefore, if you look at it this way, you sign up for the year. You didn't want it, but you're now signed up for the year. So then you get whether it be a weekly or a bi-monthly, whatever, email in from them. So they have a year to turn you around, to get you to become a customer of theirs. Mm. They've got offers, da, da, da. So at the end of the year, you say, well, yeah, I, I did actually take on a couple of things there, and I did get an offer. Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll leave the subscription there. But where, where they've no chance if you just said, no, I don't want to subscribe to that. So they've no chance of retaining you as a customer. Mm. But now they have... But what you have to look at now is you have to put into your calendar that anniversary date when that payment was made and pre that, a week before or whatever, try and go in and make sure you did say you want to cancel, that it's somewhere there on their site that, yes, that box is ticked that it will not be renewed. Yeah, because I, uh, the other aspect of this is I can't check with Ryanair. I got a family member to check for me. Yeah. He he says the flights are there. You have them booked. You have paid. Don't worry about that. But you have to check in through eDreams 24 mm. hours before the flights. I can't check in with Ryanair. No, will Ryanair talk to me? You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. And, and you know, from, from a point of view of you think you have the flight secured. Yeah. But now, really, you know, really, you don't know mm. until you actually check in. So you won't know until that 24-hour clock starts ticking. So when you are available to check in, that's when you will know if this is all okay. Mm. So but you've got that, it's 24 hours. So you'd be fairly anxious thinking about, now, if, this, if this is a scam, well, you're not going anywhere and you've lost your money. Jeepers Declan, it couldn't be. Surely, I've checked, like they're, you know, they're quite a big company. They oh yeah, no, no, I did, like yes. when you got on to me, I did a bit of research yes. as well. Yeah. And in fairness, um, that subscription model which um, any literature I've read on their site and in reviews as well does say that you can unsubscribe within a 24 or 48-hour period and you would not be charged. Then a couple of sites said you can unsubscribe within two weeks and you won't be charged. They all said you won't be charged, but you were charged. Yes, I was but charged. Yeah. They do seem to have credibility there. I think they're around 15, 16 years. But still in all, uh, I, like, I would still be anxious. Yes. Because 24 hours... Like, I think you can check in to Ryanair uh, 30 days prior. Yeah. So, like, why, why is it 24 hours with them? I do not know, and you're right. I am anxious about that, and that's probably mm. why I haven't pursued this uh, subscription, which I intend to do more anyway. And the bank did offer me an olive branch to say that you, I could dispute a payment, but anyway, mm. that's another story entirely. Yes. But, the, yeah, the, but again, Jerry, with that dispute, you open a dispute with who? With that company. You've tried already. You've emailed yeah. them. No response. Mm. You, thought, you know, yeah. it's very, very hard to get a human to interact with. Yes. To say, look, this is what's after happening. Can you make sure, blah, blah, blah. 
So it's very hard to do. Yeah, and, and you're right, because by the two methods I cancelled, and I take it I have cancelled, uh, neither replied to me. They both mm. said that I would get an email confirmation, confirmation. and that yeah. not, has not arrived from eDreams mm. Prime, mm. I have to say. It hasn't so far. But there's a real warning in this. I just wanted to bring it uh, to uh, the attention and develop it a bit more to you today. This is something that it's, it's a trap that's easy fallen into across the board, Declan. Totally it is. And really, you know what it comes down to, and I had a, I had a client this morning who we were talking about something similar, but basically people have no patience anymore. So it was just like you, you searched right out there. The first thing is, yeah, I clicked that. Then you're in and you didn't even question because it looks more or less the same. So you need to kind of slow down and just pull back a bit. At the end of the day, if somebody knocked your front door and said, listen, I can get your flights here now to such and such, you wouldn't, you know, would you just hand out the money? No. But that's the same thing. So you're doing the exact same thing on the internet. Oh, I have to do this quickly. I have to get this booked. Just take a bit of time, step back and see and look around, especially, like I say, on a desktop where there's loads of places, if you like, for them to put in a little bit of text with a box ticked saying that you are now subscribing to whatever, blah, 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 blah. And you just, you just plowed through it. I want to get on to the next thing. Book the seats. And you're after accepting that already. So it's just a matter of slowing down and looking, 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 looking. But slow down. Mine's a yearly subscription, but without breaking a confidence or anything, we were talking, you were telling me of somebody, what, four euro a week they're trying to get out of a scenario and it's just been debited week on week and it's so difficult, again, to unsubscribe. Exactly, because she thought, this, and again, this was not taking your time, and I can't stress this enough. She just ticked the box. Yeah, she thought it was four euro for the year, and then all of a sudden the next day the four euro, and then the next day the four euro. And she said, "What the hell is this now? What's this four euros?" So when she went back and looked, it was four euros a day. A day. Yeah, and she's been on a good few days now to them trying to get that stopped. You know, Jerry, it's like as I say, once it starts, it's very hard to get it stopped because they're getting the money. It's not in their interest to stop it. Mm. So they'll, you know, say or do or stop you whatever way they can to keep on going because an extra week is 28 euros for them. And, you know, you talk about trying to resolve matters. I come back to this again. It is not straightforward when you're trying to get it because a lot of this is automated. A lot of Mm. it is online and it's Mm. very difficult to get a human being. Yes, chatbots and whatever else. Yes. It's just impossible. And it's very frustrating. And I think as well, when you think of it, I suppose, well, she wasn't going to let four euro a day go, but how much was that subscription you paid? 60. 60. So really, if it comes down to it, how much effort are you going to put in to trying to stop that? Where, where you know, you turn around and say, I've tried, I'm at this two days, 60 yeah. euros, to hell with it, I'll just let it run because it's driving me up the walls. Yeah. And, I and, cannot get a resolution, so yeah. just leave it. Yeah. And and that is a fact. You will give it so much, and I will try again and see what I can make of it. But uh, you know, it, you're you're right. It, it, it comes to a stage where you say to yourself, "Look, I've once bitten, twice shy," and mm. th- that that is the way. But this is this is coming at you all the time. You know, the, I don't have to tell you this all the time. This is yeah. coming at you, and people are out yeah. there to make money. Yes, of course. And uh, you know, in fairness, I suppose we've we've mentioned e dreams, and they're, they're probably a hundred percent company, but. Everybody is trying to get money off you. And if you think of it, if you search for something that you want to buy and there is 10 vendors selling it, they all want you to buy from them. Mm. So whoever they want to, if it is, like I know, I'm, I'm a web designer. I know how easy it is to clone a site. 
very simply, I can clone anybody's website. And you would think that you're on their website. Mm. So that's the easy part. And, you know, I'm not just saying I can do it. Any young guy can sit anywhere in the country and clone a website, put it up onto Google, doesn't cost anything, and then try and get you to get onto that website. So it's, yeah, it's out there. And you really, as I say, have to look at what you're doing, concentrate on it, look at the URL properly. Because, mm. again, I got, I was only saying this to my wife the other day, I had no, you know, the calls that were coming in from all around the world to people. Yes. Mad during COVID. So I hadn't got them. I got three calls last week, one after the other, one, three calls during the day. Yeah. And then I got a text message. And the text message was, again, about um, I had just been to the doctors. And it's almost like they knew. You need to verify this um, this appointment to pick up prescription, blah, blah. It was a text. I said, geez, that's hard enough. From the I didn't recognize the number. And I looked at the URL. Before I didn't click anything, just looked at the URL. And the way they had the URL was just a dot, and then the rest of it. They put a dot in it. Again, you know, anyone can buy a domain name. So you could buy Ryanair. Like, what's Ryanair? Ryanair.ie, let's say. So you could buy Ryan.air.ie. So anybody looking at that, which, oh, that's Ryanair. Yeah. So you've got to really concentrate and look at what you're clicking, look at what you're looking at, which people don't. They just don't spend the time. Everybody's just impatient now. Click, click, click. But when it's money, when you're parting with money and you're putting your credit card details out onto the World Wide Web, effectively, you need to know that this is totally secure. You are totally 100% behind whatever you're buying, the company you're buying from, that it is legit, it is the right site, it is their site. Yeah. There's loads of different checks. Again, as I say, it keeps on coming back to the guy knocking the front door and looking for money off you. She'd close the front door straight on him. Mm. But she'll willing to go and sit in front of a computer and give God only knows who that information. Yes, and that is such a, 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 a powerful analogy. Just before we finish, that URL, you said something to me about that before. How do you know it's genuine? Yeah, the thing about it, what, what you normally will get, you normally get an email in. So if you get a spoof email that you think is, well, let's say it's from, um, you know those emails that come in about the offers that you have, like Living Social and all that? Yes. Most people will be signed up to something like that. So if you get an email in, once you click into the email, you'll have a from and a to box. So the to box will be your email. They're sending it to you. But the from box, that's what you need to tick into. Because the from box, what you see in that, they can put anything in there. Mm. So they can make up the proper website address, the proper email address, whatever it might be. But there's always going to be a little check that you can just click on it. And then it will reveal the actual email address it's coming from. Okay. And then that's where you see, oh, Jesus, this isn't from, you know, whoever. Yeah. So you need to click into that and see where this email is actually coming from, not the header, because they can put anything in there. Just click in and see the live email that it's actually coming from. Yeah. Declan, uh, great as usual. Thank you so much. Check him out. He can help you with all your IT needs, web design, etc. Businesstechhelp.net. Until the next time, Declan. Thanks a million. Cheers, Jerry. Take Bye. care. There you are. Plenty to uh, chew the cud over there for sure. Late lunch, LMFM radio. Knock, knock. You'll have to stay with us to find out who's there. How do I live Trisha Yearwood. What a lovely song. Haven't heard that one in a while. 
How do I live without you on your late lunch this afternoon? So we couldn't live without our late lunch listeners. Catherine Rafferty, hello Catherine, nice to hear from you today. Catherine's been on just to reinforce the point that if you don't book through Ryanair, you cannot check in. If you book through anybody else until 24 hours before the flight, so fingers crossed, I'm all right there. And that's an interesting one as well that somebody sent to us, this screenshot. It goes back to 2016 and uh, it's about e-dreams and Ryanair. And the question, I can read part of it here, it says, is, is eDreams part of Ryanair? It's important to note that Ryanair has no commercial agreement whatsoever with eDreams who continue to engage in unauthorised screen scraping and mis-selling of Ryanair's low fares. That goes back to 2016. So buyer beware, that is for sure. Louise, knock, yeah. knock. <laughs> You're looking for money again. <laughs> Who's there? E-dreams. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> it is not and never will be again. Anyway, let's do it right. Knock, knock. Who's there? Butter. Butter who? Butter be quick. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Sean Black. I love it. Go on. Have you, have you one or two there yourself? Knock, knock. Who's there? Iran here. Iran here who? Uh, Iran here and I'm tired. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. I think I that like is. That I yeah. like that one. Knock, knock. Who's there? Turnip. <laughs> Turnip who? Turn up the volume. I love listening to LMFM. Hey. Oh, smooth. I really smooth. like that one. I really do. Come on, fire another one at me. Uh, who? Knock, knock. Who's there? Ketchup. Ketchup who? Ketchup with me and I'll tell you. <laughs> That's from Pauline Connor in oh, Dundalk. Good on you. The other turnip one was Paul Black from Smithstown in Julian's. And I forgot to mention you, Paul, there for the turnip one. It's absolutely a cracker. Knock, knock. Who's there? Alex. Alex, who? Alex playing later just opened the door. Ooh, nice. Oh, that's clever. Caroline Mm. Burke. See, Caroline Burke is very clever, very inventive. Have you another one more for me there? Knock, knock. Who's there? Belladonna. Belladonna who? Belladonna works, so I had to ring the bell. (laughs) Another nice one. And the final one in this roundup of the knock, knocks for the Senator Windows front door worth 2,000 euro. Knock, knock. Who's there? Phyllis. Phyllis who? Phyllis, a cup of tea there, please, will you? (laughs) (laughs) that comes in from Kate in Drada you are such an inventive lot we love them keep your knock knock jokes coming to us at late lunch this afternoon and we'll get through as many of them as we can today tomorrow and Friday and we'll pick a winner of course each day to go into the hat for the big draw on Friday short break and late lunch it's Daffodil Day yes it is on Friday and we're looking ahead shortly did you know this that every three minutes here in Ireland somebody hears the words you have cancer Cancer takes from us every day. It takes the big days, little days and everything in between. But on the Irish Cancer Society's Daffodil Day this Friday, it's the day we take back from cancer. And it's all happening all around the country, as I said, on Friday and here in the northeast in Louth and Meath. I'm delighted to say hello this afternoon to Corinne Hassan, Director of Services at the Irish Cancer Society. Hello, Corinne. Hi, Jerry. How are you today? I am really good today and delighted to have you with us on the show every three minutes, Corrie. Yeah, 
Absolutely. It's it's shocking to think that, that that's what's happening every single day. And, and, you know, what we're hearing and what the research is telling us is that one in two of us will get cancer in our lifetime. And that is a telling statistic. And the other thing is that with the aid of the Irish Cancer Society, we want to say this and all the research that's going on and the support services and the great uh, clinicians in hospitals, etc. We are taking this on. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and many, many years ago, you know, a lot of people would have got that diagnosis and been told you've got cancer. And their first thought would have been, oh, God, well, with what I know about cancer and the world that we live in, the chances are I'm not going to survive this. But where we are now, and again, as you mentioned, with research, with services, with supports, with the clinicians, we are at a place now where six in 10 people would survive a diagnosis. And there's lots of cancers that many, many years ago would have almost always been fatal in terms of that diagnosis, like a, a, a child blood cancer that's now largely survivable so things are turning around so things are getting better things are improving but we want to make sure we continue with that absolutely and it goes without saying that daffodil day is your most important fundraising event of the year give us a feel give us a feel for what the money supports how it helps yeah absolutely so i can give you a breakdown first of all in terms of so a 25-year-old donation will provide transport for a patient to get to and from their chemotherapy treatment using our volunteer driver service. Uh, 50 euro can help provide vital clinical equipment for an Irish Cancer Society night nurse to go in and provide somebody with that end-of-life care in their home. Uh, 60 euro would cover the cost of a counselling session to help a person cope with that cancer diagnosis um, in their lifetime. And not only a person with their own cancer diagnosis, but a family member or friend. So the supports and services that we give are huge and they're vast and, and they cover lots of different things. So we have the support line, which is for anybody who wants to know, it's 1-800-200-700. That's Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. And we have cancer nurses who are at the end of the call who are able to take all of your calls from anything to do with, I have a lump or I have a symptom or I have something that I'm worried about right through to I have a cancer diagnosis and what do I do? We have DAFL centres in 13 um, hospitals across the country where we have nurses placed in those who can give face-to-face information advice, they give education to people. Um, as mentioned, we have our night nursing service. So we have night nurses who go in from 11pm to 7am all over the country, Jerry, to give end-of-life care to patients who want to pass away at home. We have our volunteer driver service, again, a national service where we're taking people to their chemotherapy appointments all across the country every single day. We also have our road shows. So in terms of early detection, we have road shows that are going out across the country in terms of shopping centres and places where there's a huge amount of people that would be gathered to talk to people about cancer awareness, to, to listen to their bodies, to make sure that they're going to the doctor if they need to, and to make sure that they're getting things looked at if they've had a progressing symptom over a period of time. We've introduced new services. So we are looking at supporting people with their practical and financial uh, concerns. So quite often what we hear, Jerry, and this is quite sad, is that whenever somebody gets a diagnosis, sometimes their first thought isn't, oh, my God, you know, am I going to be OK? How do I survive this? It's quite often, how can I afford this? You know, how will I have my kids looked after? Who will, you know, look after the house and keep things going whenever I'm in treatment? So we've opened up a new service where people can talk to one of our practical and financial solution officers and talk through all of the other concerns that they have. Um, We have a huge, huge, huge range of services. And as you mentioned earlier, we fund a lot of research. So in terms of um, Daffodil Day, the money that we get in will go towards all of the supports, all of the services and all of the research. And just to give, I suppose, a bit of an indication, 
as to the money that we spend in research. You know, in the last, I think, 10 years, we've given just over 30 million in funding to cancer research projects. Yeah, absolutely. And and right now, Jerry, we are funding over 100 cancer researchers here in Ireland to look at new innovative ways to support people and, and to get that research that we so valuably need. It's remarkable, just that figure alone in the research, but all the other monies that you've mentioned there going to the various services, it's just invaluable. And, you know, we're all listening today and we know Friday is the big day, right? There'll be people out selling the fresh daffodils, the pins, etc. But there are loads of ways to donate. Oh my God, there are so many different ways to donate. Um, as you mentioned, we'll have people out on the streets. So we'll, you can buy a pin, you can buy some of our merchandise. You can go online if you don't, you know, if you're not going to be out and about, you can go online to cancer.ie. Uh, Revolut are also very kindly um, going to take money for us. So if you have a Revolut account, you can donate through that. Um, Free now, the taxi, many taxis are available, are also going to put one euro of every taxi journey towards um, daffodil day funding. So there's lots the ways. I, I kind of think it's one of those days, Jerry, where you can't miss us. We honestly turn the country yellow mm. and and we're out and about. There's lots of initiatives happening in people's workplaces and kids' schools. So I know loads of schools have signed up to turn their schools yellow where the kids will all come in dressed in yellow and they're baking buns to sell to raise money. So I think the best thing to say for Friday is if you're out and about and you see somebody selling something, you know, throw a few quid and get a pin or you can go online if you wanted to make a larger donation. It's uh, very close to my heart, I have to say, because I remember your first Daffodil Day and I worked at the time uh, with Aircom Telecom and uh, Liz Ann Allen, who's a very famous name in this neck of the woods and a great woman and a protagonist for uh, Daffodil Day and was there from the beginning as well, got me involved. I remember selling the fresh daffodils and the pins early on and ever since it's been something close to my heart. I think it's one of the most wonderful days of the year and I encourage everybody to do your best, support Daffodil Day and contribute. Oh, thanks, Jerry. That's very kind of you to say. And I have to say, as somebody who works in Irish Cancer Society, it's a really, really wonderful and a really humbling day because we hear stories. People will be coming up to us in the street to say, thanks so much, I'm going to give you this money because you helped my, my son or my daughter or my husband, my wife, my aunt, my uncle, whoever, with the night nursing service or the patient travel. So it's one of those days for staff and volunteers in Irish Cancer Society to, to really be humbled by what we hear in the streets. It is indeed. And I want to mention one other method. It's so easy on a phone. You can text DAFF, D-A-F-F, capitals, text DAFF, D-A-F-F, to 50300. That's 5300, 50300, DAFF, and you're contributing €4 Euro straight away. It goes to the Irish Cancer Society. But uh, as Corinne says there, there are so many ways. I'm sure you're uh, often... Uh, uh, thinking about the effort uh, that people put in. You mentioned the schools, the sellers, the network of people you have around the country. They never fail to deliver. Never, never. And we have community fundraisers, Jerry, all over the country. And just to say, like a lot of people think Daffodil Day, you know, it's that Friday and we are going to extend it out this weekend. Um, so we'll be in shopping centres on Saturday and Sunday. But a lot of people think, God, it's one day, it's, it's very busy, we're all over the country. But our community fundraisers, Jerry start thinking months in advance mm. as to what they're going to do, their teams of people they're going to bring in the streets, what, where they're going to stand, 
what they're going to sell. So it's a huge, huge, huge operation. And it's one of those things every year gets bigger and bigger and better and better. And people really, really love it. Um, and for some of the community fundraisers around uh, the country, you know, this is a huge part of their social element. You know, this is getting them out to meet with other volunteers and to really feel like they're giving back to communities. And, and quite often, you know, you've mentioned that this is close to your heart. A lot of our volunteers volunteer with us because it's close to their heart. We've either impacted them or in somebody that they love who's had a cancer diagnosis and they want to give back and they want to feel like they're supporting, you know, an organisation that at some stage has supported them. Yes, and the daffodil, the beautiful daffodil. Um, What a gorgeous symbol of life and hope and beauty it is. And I want to remind everybody as well that the Irish Cancer Society received just 3% funding from the state. So all that money, those 30 millions that have gone to research, all the else... Uh, all else is raised by you you listening to us today your work your contributions your effort make all the difference and again this year it's so important that we all put our shoulders to the wheel and make sure that the fundraising is greater than ever I wish you well with Friday and again just to say not at all it's Irish Cancer Society's Daffodil Day the day we take back from cancer. It is this Friday the 24th of March and we'll go on into the weekend as Corrine says check it out cancer.ie forward slash daffodil day. All the information is there. Anything you can do would be appreciated. Thank you for joining me. The best of luck. Thanks Jerry. Take care. Take care yourself. Bye bye. That's Corrine Hassan there Director of Services at the Irish Cancer Society and I have to mention Karen Healy as well what a great woman she is she's out and she'll be everywhere this weekend with DAFs and driving on Daffodil Day she's tremendous and and if you are a volunteer uh, there are so many out there well done to you thanks for everything you do you make such a difference in so many people's lives people that you'll never know you touch them you really do touch them and this day is so special and it's a day I absolutely love every year. Daffodil Day. Let's do it, folks. Louis Capaldi on your late lunch. Forget me. What a fantastic song that is. Ella, thank you. E-Dreams Jerry was taking €15 every month for a year and a half. I noticed it accidentally. I fought them for a month, but I got every penny back, Jerry. Thanks indeed for that, Ella. Appreciate it. Anthony, hi. Hi, Anthony. Great to hear from you. Hope you're keeping well. Jerry, I drifted into E-Dreams uh, a couple of, uh, a little while ago, Anthony says, while booking Ryanair. I have to say everything was fine with them. You need to load up the Ryanair app on your phone to be sure that you're with them. Thanks for that, Anthony. I will do that. And thanks for reassuring me on that. I'm just a little bit concerned about those flights. But uh, please, God, everything will be 100%. Knock, knock. Who's there? Nose. <laughs> Knows who? I knows plenty more knock-knock jokes. <laughs> that woman, Babs in RD, is an encyclopedia. I know. She's fantastic. She's a party piece. Well, I'll tell you one thing. We'll be back to her. She is a poet and she doesn't even know it. Knock, knock. Who's there? Omar. Omar who? Oh my God, I've got the wrong door. <laughs> That's <laughs> Colin in Hayes and Navin. Have you one for me? Knock, knock. Who's there? A little old lady. A little old lady who? Not bad in the old one. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> uh, who? That's a cracker altogether, isn't it? That's a cracker. I'll, hold on, when I pick out another. There's loads of them. Thank you so much. You're fantastic people. Here's one from Caroline McCabe. Knock, knock. Who's there? Lena. Lena, who? Lean a little closer and I'll tell you. Okay, knock, knock. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, throw another one at me. Uh, Do I have another one here? Well, I have. have. Will will I go? Will I go again? Yeah, you go. Will I go again? Okay, I'll go again. Knock, knock. Who's there? Annie. Annie who? Anything you can do, I can do better. (laughs) (laughs) That comes in from Christine Donahue this afternoon. Have you a winner for us? I think so. Okay. I like this one. Okay, this is the winner. Go ahead. Knock, knock. Who's there? Thermos. Say that to me again. Ther- thermos. As in thermos flask. Okay. Thermos. Thermos who? There must be a better knock, knock joke than this. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Who is that? Irene Goodwin from Monster Voice. Irene, you're in the hat for the new door. You've won like the Karcher window cleaner anyway. You're in. That's three we have now. Two more, one tomorrow and one on Friday. So keep thinking of those knock-knock jokes. You're great people. Senator Winders opening the new showrooms. Beach Mount Navin this very weekend. LMFM there with the outside broadcast team giving us a new composite front door worth €2,000 to give away and those runner-up prizes as well. And there's a Facebook competition tomorrow. Check out LMFM's Facebook page. What about the rabbit? Yeah. How do you miss a rabbit that size? What size is the rabbit? 7.1 kilograms. So it's ma- a Flemish rabbit called, they've called him Queen, they've called her Queen Maeve. There'd be some eating on that rabbit. Ah, uh, no. What? No. It's a pet. It's a pet. Sorry. But I- it's a pet and un- that's unmicrochipped. Yeah. It was found in Mulholdred last Thursday. And there's no owner has come forward. So unless they're on holidays, how do you miss a rabbit that size from your house? Don't say anything about a big pot. (laughs) You see, the reason, you know, my background, when we Mm. we were reared on rabbits growing up, it was one of the rare meat dishes we had when we were children and growing up. And I hunted rabbits for years and I butchered thousands of them in my time I have to say that I did it was food and people loved them and that's the way of the world and people don't like to hear those things today but that is the reality and rabbit is still a very popular Mm. dish to be eaten but I understand this is a pet rabbit and pet rabbits are gorgeous and they're fluffy and everything seven kilos and nobody's missed the rabbit yeah how does that how does that work (laughs) I do not know but can you imagine if you know they're looking for a new home say if if they don't find the owner <laughs> Could you imagine trying to feed that? You'd want a mortgage. <laughs> You'd have to take out a loan to feed that rabbit. That rabbit would eat a lot at that size for sure. You'd want a bit bigger than a three-bed home. I'd Maybe say that's what's happened. Somebody's had to say goodbye. I can't keep you anymore. Somebody else will look after you. Anyway, it's a strange one, isn't it? It is indeed. Did you lose a rabbit of seven kilos? They're looking for you. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Five, four, three, two. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number three from this very week in 1980. And when I tell you this one was composed by the wonderful Andrew Lloyd Webber, collaborating with lyricist Don Black. And it was written for the show 
Tell Me on a Sunday back in 1978. But it was released in 1980 by Marty Webb and it made it to number three. This is its highest spot in the chart. Number three it made it to. The song, the story of the song, it's about a woman being told of her boyfriend's infidelity. The woman denies it before rebuking the bearer of the news, a girlfriend of hers. And she says, well, I I knew before and have done for some time. And she also spends much of the song actually criticising her good friend for rushing to break the bad news to her. Yes, we're going back in time today on Late Lunch with our number three from this week in 1980. It's Marty Webb and Take That Look Off Your Face. Marty Webb, our number three in top five countdown this week from this week in 1982 and one to come over the next couple of days, round about this time on the show. Our good friend, our really good friend and show sponsor, Donald Waters from Blackstone Motors, is in the knock-knock mood. Now, Donald, with a little political licence our Louise has taken here, so you'll forgive us for this, but we feel it, it actually enhances your knock-knock joke. Go ahead, Louise. Knock-knock. <laughs> Who's there? Who are we? How are we? Who? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> We kind of twisted it to the phone, didn't we? we and did, it, don't I don't even it. think that's how you pronounce the phone. How are we? How are we? How are we? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Donald, I love it. I don't we just I think we just enhanced your your knock knock and we do appreciate you sending it into us. We do indeed and we appreciate And the makers of the phone will be ringing. <laughs> they might be, but just uh, switch it off. <laughs> <laughs> don't answer. It's a cra- It's one of those calls you don't answer. Anyway, up next on Late Lunch, we are talking to the CEO of the country's largest classical music competition. Yes, did you know that the annual Feshkjol, it's in its 126th year, is running at the moment and until the 31st of March. And the boss is from Athboy in County Mead. Yes, Laura Gilson is with us next. Piano, voice, strings, wind, brass, choir and orchestra. It has it all. What am I talking about? The Fesh Kjol. And I mentioned just before the break, it's in its 126th year. What history indeed. It's running at the moment and until March 31st. And here's the thing. The boss, the CEO, is from Athboy in County Mead. Laura Gilson, welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you very much. And one thing I have to correct you on, oh. nothing to do with me being from Boy. that's absolutely true. We're actually in our 127th year. Oh my God. Yeah, another one under the under the belt. I was never <laughs> the strongest at maths. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think for, it was misrecorded. But, uh, all right, okay. Yeah, because that's the thing, yeah, they're all talking 126. But let's, yeah. let's put the record straight on late yeah. launch this afternoon. It's the 127th year, so there you are. Even yeah. more historical. Tell me this, how does a young one from Boy become the boss? <laughs> well, it's, it, you know, it's all in the roots, Jerry, as you can imagine, you know. Yes, 
Come on. Nothing coming from a boy. Nothing with Photoshop. Oh, never, never. What? It's the metropolis. It's the centre of the world for sure. But look, come on. Tell us about your background. Well, I am from Athboy yeah. and I was always interested in, in music. So my dad was the local doctor and um, there are five of us in, in the family and we all did piano locally with Sister Patrick in the Convent of Mercy. I'm sure lots of people yes. of my vintage will remember her. But um, I always kind of kept a, a love of music and I was always involved in, in choirs. And uh, I didn't start working in arts administration, though, straight up. I worked in human resources for quite a while. But while I was doing that, I always kind of kept the hand in with music. And then I had a bit of a life changing event at one point And I decided, you know what, I think you really need to spend your life doing something that you're absolutely passionate about. So from that point on, I decided that's what I was going to do. So I quit my job and I trained as a singing teacher. And then I started working in arts companies, arts organizations. I started with the Veronica Dunn International Singing Competition. I worked with music in Great Irish Houses. And it was while I was working with them that I met some people from the Fesh Kill. And they, at the time, were looking for somebody to take over as administrator because it was mainly run by volunteers at the time and they wanted to sort of professionalize the organization. So I put my hand up and I said, that would be fantastic. And luckily, they I did an, an interview and, and got the job and I've been here for the last 15 years. Oh, well, that's a lovely, lovely story. So something in your life just said, come on, Laura, yeah. let's go for what you love and what you should be at. Yeah, that's Isn't that right. Amazing. That's right. Yeah, that, yeah. that change happened, you know, for you. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing was that um, once I made that decision, it was sort of obvious. And all the things that I had done, I had, I had taught, I had taught ab- abroad, and um, so I had some languages, um, I had some teaching experience, I had HR experience, and they all fed into this mm. um, job with the music background as well. So it just all clicked. So it's, it's been absolutely fantastic. Good on you. What a great story this is. Well, look at your busy. I know, sure, to get you even for a few minutes today, <laughs> we had to get into a queue because you were flying all over the place with all that's going on. But the history of this, you yeah. know, the coming together of all those different disciplines. Tell me this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? One twenty-seven year and you're at the helm now. The, the, the uh, well of talent in this country, is it special? Oh, it's unbelievable. And I'm not just saying that because I'm, yeah. you know, I've been running, I'm running the Fesh Kiel. I, I, I honestly don't think people realise the level of music that we have in this, in this country. I mean, they do in some areas, certainly like in trad, people would know um, about the, the, the standard and the level. But with classical music, it's not quite so visible, maybe. Mm. Um, But we have people uh, all over the world uh, in orchestras, in opera houses, and of course in our own uh, operas and and, and, uh, orchestras here. But Irish musicians can hold their own anywhere in the world. Mm. And it's largely down to, well, there's a number of factors, but we have fantastic teachers Yes. in the country. And we always have adjudicators in from abroad, primarily from the, the UK, sometimes further afield, who would be at the top of their teaching and performing game. And they always mention the standard of teaching and how exceptional it is. And really, that's, you know, that's where it starts. And every year, 
the standard just seems to get higher and higher. It's incredible. Isn't that wonderful to contemplate and hear and celebrate? And of course, I know from interviewing artists through the years here on this show, the pride there is when they come here and you see on their CV or whatever that they have appeared in the festival, that they are winners at the festival. It really is a very important thing to them. It is, and I think that's unique uh, to Ireland. I don't think there is a, another equivalent festival where winning certain big competitions would appear on your CV, you know. Um, but here, it's it's really a, a good indication of the standard. So if you're applying for, you know, a job in an opera house and you've won certain big mm. competitions at the Fesh Kjol, that immediately yeah. tells the audition panel or the hirers what level you're at. So, you know, it is extremely important in terms of the career progress progression of uh, musicians in Ireland. Oh, yeah, I've noticed that and I wanted to say it to you. I know how important it is and such a mm-hmm. imprimatur, such a stamp it is on them and it's recognised as well so much beyond these shores. So this week, you know, just in, in, in a brief sense, you're at the RDS at Wesley House. Uh, where else? Just the RDS and Wesley House. Just the two places, is it? Just the two places, yeah. Most of the competitions are in the RDS. We've about five venues on the go here. I had to... I had to kick some people out of this room that I'm sitting in now that we're trying to sneakily practice. <laughs> um, but and yeah. in Wesleyan House, we've two venues okay. uh, on the go there. Yeah. yeah. But all the information on what's on every day is on our website at feshkill.ie. So if people are interested in having a look to see what's on, of course, the public is welcome. And it's great this year to be able to welcome back the public. Last year, we had to we had to keep things um, quite uh, curtailed because yeah. of COVID. You know, we just had to be careful. But this year, we don't have to worry about that anymore, thankfully. So anybody who would like to come come and have a look at some of the competitions is more than welcome. God, that's a, a wonderful invitation because people are always looking for things to do with a bit of time in their hands. And what better way to while away a few hours than to go to the Fesh Kjol at the RDS or Wesley House in Ranelagh and enjoy the performances. There you are, an open invitation from Alora this afternoon. It, it, it's a bit like this is the focus of, the, of, of the year for you but uh, there's a lot more to your role I'm sure than just this uh, time well actually the FESH is it, it's a full year in preparation yeah, yeah. so really we have a, a couple of weeks when after the FESH when it's a little bit quiet and we just okay. have to kind of you know recover <laughs> Yes. Um, and then we start preparing for the following year so the first thing that we have to do is set start thinking about the test pieces for next year you know that's where we choose pieces that people are going to play in the various different competitions. And that takes a lot of coordination and we have a lot of subcommittees of, of very um, high calibre teachers who who, in, who give us their input into that on our subcommittees. Yes. Um, so that's the first thing that happens. And then after the summer is, is, is quiet and, you know, as you can imagine, we kind of follow the academic year to a certain extent because we're involved with the, you know, the colleges and the schools of music. But then they're back practising. We've program of concerts that runs over the summer and then into September. We have the Young Platform Series in the National Concert Hall and then it starts all over again. You know, the entries start coming in and from December right through to March or April, wherever the fesh falls, it's 
full steam ahead. Mm. So, you know, it takes it takes quite a huge amount of, of planning and preparation. Yeah, it's a busy year round, uh, of, of of course, for you. Ah, look, at, it's great to uh, highlight today here on your local radio station and to mention to people that it's ongoing now until the 31st of the month. And again, say, we got it right here. Thanks to Laura on uh, <laughs> Late Lunch. It's the 127th year of the wonderful Fesh Kyo. Look, I wish you all the success in the world. What you do is marvellous and to all the people participating, the winners and everybody, well done to all concerned and I know, I know all over the world there are people making their mark who, you know, uh, go as children to learn music in this country, go through the uh, academies, etc. And it's wonderful to hear. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Lovely to have a chat with you. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Cheerio. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Laura Gilsonen from Athboy, the CEO of uh, the country's largest classical music competition, uh, the Feshkjol, and we wish them all well again. Thank you for all your um, WhatsApps and uh, texts and messages to the show today. That door is up for grabs from Senator Windows. We need more knock-knocks tomorrow and again on Friday. Three winners in the hat so far. Two more to find over the next couple of days and then the draw. Everyone's name goes into the hat on Friday and we have one winner and of course we have the runner our prizes as well. We were talking about the ginormous rabbit, the seven kilo rabbit that nobody's claimed and nobody seems to want to take care of. It's a pet rabbit. It is a pet Patricia in Ardy. It's a pet. Patricia said rabbits are just not for Christmas, Jerry. You're always banging on about it when it comes to dogs, especially. But remember, rabbits last up to six months in the freezer. Patricia. Oh, Patricia, come on. The seven kilo rabbit looks lovely. So fluffy is a pet. But I do know where you're coming from. I do, because I'm a man that can reconcile the past with the present. And, well, what happens in the future, does any of us know? Not at all. Anyway, I know that in the future, in the next few minutes, Eddie Caffrey will be in the hot seat here. We're on LMFM Radio. Stay with us for wonderful music and more. And please, God, at 1.30 tomorrow, the stab goes and we're back here with your late lunch. Have a lovely Wednesday evening. Watch the match tonight. Ireland are playing. Give them a cheer on and we'll see you for Thursday's show. Take care. Bye-bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.